0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is AVP International, real name Ameda Ogbahase Unwabona. This ain't the government name, this is my name. The government can't spell my name, the government didn't give me my name. The government, sure as heaven, don't know what the name means. So let's not give them that much credit. But we're here for the AVP and Friends podcast. And this time round, we have Lauren B. Hey, hey. Hello hello nice Hi. to be here nice to have you <laughs> It's a little bit different this time cuz um it's not it's not in person got you on on a WhatsApp call but we're going to make yeah. it happen Yes yes how are you today Ah uh,
1: yes I'm good I'm good I'm as good as I can be <laughs> Good
0: good good so like what have, what have you been up to during the past like 6 months in in this uh in this wonderful covid advised rony-rony environment Oh wow <laughs> so much has
1: Um, uh, What has happened? I I launched a successful business. Wonderful! Um, I gave birth to a little girl.
0: Oh, Um, congratulations! (laughs) Thank you. I'm sure, like the last time I saw you, like there was (laughs) there was no baby bump. No, 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 definitely not. No. (laughs) Um, So yeah, a lot has happened in the
1: past couple of months. Wow. Uh, Good
0: things. What's it been like for you having a daughter in this climate, and um, you know, also starting a successful business? You said it's a, it's a successful business, plus yeah, having yeah. a daughter in this environment. What's that been like for you? Um, I think it was
1: mixed feeling. I think there was a lot of uh, I was scared for mm. for a good part of it, yeah. not knowing what I was going into. Mm. Um, not being able to have the family around for, for quite a bit So that was a bit stressful and scary Yeah uh, But in the end In the end everything works fine um, I spend more time at home And um, and it's, it's a good thing It's a good thing I can focus on what what is important Dope um, So yeah I'm trying to be To stay positive
0: Dope Dope, dope. So like you said you started a, 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 a new business Did you start this during this COVID season Or was it in the motions before this,
1: uh, yes, and actually, I started it way before that. Okay. <clears throat> I Started it maybe two, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say during that COVID season, it kind of took new heights.
0: Mm. I can say. So, so it grew more, rather than it. Yes. Wow. Do you mind me asking what the business yeah,
1: yeah. is? Uh, yeah. Sure. So basically been in working in online advertising for the past decade mm-hmm. and um, my business is now to help creative and creators and creative entrepreneurs and business owners to promote their brands online
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so, yeah, so it's it's just what I do. and basically the reason why it was really successful uh, because a lot of artists who haven't been able to perform or haven't been able to uh, go into venue to perform, they they turn to social media and promote what they do on social media. So mm. I've been able to help a bunch of them, which is quite good.
0: so what is what is the name of your your um, the name of this this company and how does it actually work?
1: yes yeah, so so my company is called i am Lauren B. uh but i've created this program which is called make your mark
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um it's basically a six months or six months a six weeks um training and coaching program mm. uh, everything's happening online so don't need to be It's COVID secure <laughs> um <laughs> Everything uh, so everything's happening online and basically I work with a small group, a curated group of creators and basically with them every single week we, we have different goals, we have different um, yeah, goals that we want to achieve and uh, so we work together throughout the six weeks and after the six weeks they have their, their brands crafted and, and launched online. Wow. So they're able to attract more clients They're able to put themselves out there And then use social media as their shoot
0: Has there been any um, success stories as of year Regarding I Am Lauren B? Uh,
1: yes, yes, quite a few Both? Um There was actually
2: this uh, photographer Mm
1: -hmm. uh, that I've worked with towards the beginning of the year. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: And she's amazing. She's a fashion photographer. She does um, photography for fashion. Mm -hmm. And um, she reached out to me and she was like, oh, that's... She was basically in a period where she was not sure on what direction she should take she said that she wanted to have more work she wanted to expand her network and she wanted to really embrace her style um but she did um a, a photography school and that's school, you know that she's a caribbean
2: yeah
1: and she really wants to express her identity in her photography mm-hmm. uh, but she did a school in uh, in paris okay and um in the photography school that she did, they kept telling her, oh, you know, your style is not uh, it's not going to work. We need something more streamlined or more conventional anyway. So they didn't like her style. So she was really in this situation when she was like, I want to be successful, but I want to be able to, to have my own style. So yeah. I, she was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to to attract the right people. Mm and um so, anyways, so we work together so i really like help her to position herself in a way that she can be an authority in a space and she can attract the right person and um and yeah at the end of it she managed to do so many things she did a collaboration with um, with adobe she okay. uh, traveled uh, she was getting paid to travel to to do some photo shoots mm-hmm. um she did a lot of things. She did like a whole campaign for a brand, and, uh, and then what else? Yeah, she did like a lot, a lot of other things. And um, it was really good to see because yeah, she was able to just being her, express herself, just being unapologetic about <laughs> the way she work or what mm. she wants to do. And um, it was really amazing to see.
0: That's cool. I'm so quite,
1: quite happy. Yeah.
0: So it's um, like maybe because like naturally for me, I I work with music, so I was thinking about mm-hmm. oh. How, how you do it with music so it's it's great mm-hmm. to hear that if it's a photographer um so mm-hmm. I, am i right in assuming that the way that each shall i say campaign or each um mm-hmm. is is uh tailor-made for each artistic discipline and each artist mm-hmm. yeah so what um uh, yeah Sorry. Yeah. go ahead
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, basically for us, so the way I work with each artist, um, so we basically I help them create their own campaign. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's, you're right, it's a campaign. Um, but basically, what I what I teach is strategy. So it's not tactics. I'm not going to tell you how many posts you should post. Oh my God, that's a bit of noise. How many <laughs> posts? Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's um, okay. Um, yeah. So I really am uh, focused on strategy. Yeah. So I'm not going to focus on how many posts you should post or how many, um, what time of the day or not that kind of tactics. So it's really about like defining who you are, defining what key message you should put out there, right. how you should put it out there, um, how do you embrace your values and and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So it it seems as though it's something which allows it. How do you allow yourself? It's a way of making yourself more digestible, or understandable to those who may be coming your way without you changing or removing anything about you, but just making it more digestible, making it make sense. Is that? Am I right in saying exactly, that?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. It's about really what I'm passionate about is I'm really, I really like any form of art and in form of creativity, mm-hmm. uh, but quite often it's not always understood by. Mm-hmm. By others. So, and it's only when I really get close to somebody that I really understand what they mean and I understand what message they want to, to share. Mm. And what I do is I, I really spend some time or well, help them uh, spend some time to really de- de- deconstruct yeah. um, um, what message they want to share and how to share that message so it's successful.
0: That's the, I think after this call, I'll be. I'll be calling you for some services then, because I think I need some of that. (laughs) There's one thing I realise that I have trouble with is the fact that I, um, as well as as though music is my um, my main discipline, um, Mm -hmm. I also I'm I'm very passionate about other areas such as photography and painting, um, Mm -hmm. this, that, the other. So, yeah, I think I'll give you a call afterwards. of uh, artists I'm
1: working with they also like you you know they don't have just one yeah uh, discipline they, they work across a lot of different creative um, ways and sometimes it's quite difficult to find one way to communicate mm. what you do when you have like so many other, um, so many ways that you can express your creativity
0: would you say your clientele tends to be majority multidisciplinary mostly multidisciplinary um, creativity yeah right. Right, it yeah, seems yeah. to be like a um, from my experience, it just seems to be a a blessing which feels like a curse. I don't believe it's a curse, but if it's a blessing that feels like a curse, because uh, I find a lot of people mm-hmm. say to me, "Oh, you do so much. You could do this. You could do that. You can monetize this. Monetize mm-hmm. that. Blah 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 blah," and not realizing that it's because I care about so many different disciplines and doing and doing all of them, it can mm-hmm. take a lot of brain space, um, and it yeah. could also create like a sense of confusion. For me, that's something mm-hmm. i felt for so long. And um, like uh, I'll, I'll toot my horn when I look at the work I produce in each discipline. It's like, mm-hmm. there's there's no reason why they shouldn't be doing really well. But I think it's because of the the spread and not wanting to neglect one arm of things. Because if you can neglect something, what may happen is that you may drop in quality in doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you want to tell a story using this discipline and tell a story doing that. And it's, it's like, I'm just one man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Being <laughs> <So>. too talented. <laughs> ah, it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. So the, you, know, you know, the way I look at
1: it and what I, I tell always to people like you mm-hmm. is, um, you know, I think people buy why you do what you do, not what you do. So if you think at a brand like Apple, for example. Yeah. right? So they have like so many different products. Mm-hmm. and. But the reason why people are attracted to all of these different products, so their, their iPhone or their iPod or their i... whatever yeah. whatever they have, is because they're attracted by the, what they stand for. So they want to... Well, I think that what, one of their logos is Think Different. So they want to encourage people to think different, to be creative and whatnot. So mm. when people are attracted to this message, they can buy from whatever Apple is doing. It doesn't matter if it's... A, a laptop or an iPod or an iPad Yeah. Um, and I think for a creative is the same so it doesn't matter if you create music painting photography yeah. once people buy into you and, and what you stand for they can buy into whatever you're
0: doing mm. that's that's some free game right there everyone yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's just, yeah it's actually that alone is, is, has been it's just made me think okay because there's an artist that I really that I'm really into called um, Duval Timothy um, mm-hmm. He's a pianist, um, pian composer, and uh, also a painter, and I think he also makes his own clothes as well, and all of that's kind of, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and but his it's just his Instagram name alone is um, is carrying color, so it's oh, you okay. can tell it's a, there's a particular move he's on. It's not it's not necessarily about I make music, it's about I tell stories or I express mm-hmm. this, and sometimes I want to paint. Sometimes I want to make a, an album of just piano and mm-hmm. another day I'm doing this. So, um, I've been looking at him a bit. I've okay, been looking at him that's a bit all ahead. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe we can look at him as some kind of case study or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I will take a
1: look.
0: But as our listeners and myself, we can't ignore the fact that you have an accent from <laughs> France. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, where you're coming from and also how that connects with what you do now. Like. Yeah
1: mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I've been in the UK for nearly 10 years And my accent is not going to go
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep it, we yeah. love it, we love it <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, so I'm, um, I'm a French speaker So French is my first language mm-hmm. uh, But actually from the French Caribbean In Martinique huh. So I grew up in Martinique Then um, I studied in France
0: for mm-hmm. a bit, and then I came into the UK for work. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Which part of yeah. France did you study in?
1: So, in the south of France for a bit, so I went by Montpellier. Okay. Uh, and then in Paris, just for a year.
0: Right. Um, do you mind if I ask yeah. you about, like, it's your journey between Martinique, Montpellier and Paris? Do you mind? Yeah,
2: sure. yes yeah. no, so, I don't mind. It's
0: what's good. it like growing up? Because I know Martinique, um, it's not... Uh, it's not a country we tend to think of. I think it's you know one of, also Guadeloupe is also one of the, the French. Yeah. And is, it, is another one called Réunion or? Reunion? Yeah, there's Réunion, there is um, there's some, um, there's some of
1: us as well, but yeah, Réunion is another one, yeah. This is the Caribbean
0: Réunion. Right, right. So what is what is like hmm. the French presence there? Because I know t- to this day, um, Martinique still has the French flag as their national flag, correct?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So what is so Martin is
1: pretty much like it's a French overseas department. Right. So it's as if you have a bit of
0: France, but mm-hmm. in the Caribbean. Right, right. So, like, what is what is your like, what is your kind of outlook on the world, and how do France look at you? How does the world look at Martinique, and how does Martinique look at the world? Because it's it's quite a unique situation. There isn't many mm-hmm. um, islands or nations on earth which are like a overseas department of a European country so like tell us more about that if you if you can
1: um so (laughs) I would say (laughs) it's really so I would say in Martinique for me Mm -hmm. it's the best place to be (laughs) right Um, because you have in terms of culture we have a really Caribbean culture yeah Um, So our culture is 100% Caribbean. For me, the Caribbean culture is a mix of uh, what we've been influenced by over the years. So Mm. there's a bit of influence from Africa, a bit of influence from um, Cuba, Mm. from India, from South America. Wow. Um, So for me, that's the Caribbean culture.
0: Right. So you... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs)
1: Um, If you listen to the traditional music, Mm. it sounds like one of um one of the sounds from a nigerian, Ni- Ni- nigerian tribe
2: right um, okay
1: if you look at the language the creole mm-hmm. um it's it's even the creole is a mixed different language you have some words of portuguese you have some words from um different african tribe and then that some french words as well so even like the language is a mix of
0: all of this culture right right and um, is is Creole understood in France? So when you when you came over to how old were you when you when you went to Montpellier actually?
1: So I left Martinique
0: when I was uh, eighteen. Right. Yeah. And was it? Did you have to relearn French the French way, or could you take Creole with you and use it in France, in South of France?
1: Hmm. Not really. So <laughs> my French <laughs> my French was the same. Um but obviously we have a different accent Yeah. in France. Um, yeah, so, so basically just, so the culture in Martinique, we have the Creole culture, and on top of that, we have like a layer of French culture. Right. Because we also like to drink champagne, and you can find your, <laughs> your baguette or your croissant uh, in any boulangerie around in, in Martinique. So it's really, you have like this blend, right? Right.
2: Um,
1: so, but when I moved to France, for me, like except the, the culture and the temperature, Everything mm. was was the same. Mm.
2: Um,
1: but what was a bit um, unsettling for me is that I was suddenly part of a minority.
2: Mm. Um, mm. okay. so
1: growing up in growing up in Martinique, I was that was my people, right? I was, yeah. I, was I was part of the majority. I and mean, when I moved to France, I was suddenly be seen as a minority, and I didn't really get it straight away. It's only when I had a few experiences of people making me. Uh, aware that my accent was different or making me aware that there were certain things that I didn't know
2: mm.
1: um, or asking me, oh, what are you or where are you from? Um, in Mountain no one would never ask me that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though people look very different, you know, people are really mixed over there. So you have like Every type of shade of uh, skin color there. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it's only when I moved to to France that yeah I I, I felt what I didn't feel people who want to make me feel as a minority. Mm. And um, and yeah, that was a interesting experience. I have a few experience of uh, racism over there mm. uh, in the first few years. Mm. But yeah, I think yeah. I think I, I wasn't aware that it was racism straight away because I was so not used to it. Mm. But for me, it was just like, okay, this person is stupid or this person is rude. Mm. Um, but I didn't associate it with racism straight away. It's only like later, but I am like, hmm, maybe that was racist.
0: Right. So then <laughs> yeah. even though you've, you've now moved to the same country, you've now moved to France, but you've now mm-hmm. experienced two different cities. You've experienced the warm South of Montpellier. And mm-hmm. then you you move to Paris, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a bustling metropolis. One of the, I would say, top three, four most famous cities on, mm-hmm. on the planet. One of the most expensive places to live. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's talked about in hip hop so much. It's a place that, you know, everybody wants to go to for mm-hmm. its art and its food and its culture and, and so on. And the Eiffel Tower. What was that like for you now moving from the heat to the chill? <laughs> From possibly the calmness of Montpellier to yeah. the busyness of Paris, and what what was that like?
1: Hmm. It was I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think when it, I think when I moved to
0: Paris initially it
1: was I think it was summertime. So summertime, it was summertime, and um, and I really enjoyed it. And also like the I was at school and the school I, I, I was at was really diverse, there's a lot of um, people doing in the hip hop um, in the hip hop mm. crew or vibe so I was really into that yeah French
0: um, hip hop is dope so, man so uh, yeah no <laughs> yeah. that was that was really cool so I think I got
1: to experience all of this vibrant of Paris that, that people think about yeah um, I really really enjoy like from the, an, an artistic print of you like all the museum all the um, even the events that you have like I can't remember the name some hip hop battle as well that you have there like from the right. concert.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah from a cultural and artistic point of view it was like extremely rich and really really good. Right. Um but then came um, the winter and <laughs> and the cold yeah and uh and the dark night and yeah and then I was also working at some point there. Mm. And um yeah I didn't really like my working experience there either.
0: Right. What would so- you what was you studying and working as well while you, while you were there?
1: So I was studying marketing and working in an advertising agency. Right. And um, you know, France is not as well back then. Anyway, uh, was not as advanced as as the UK in terms of um, in terms of diversity. In mm. terms of like, there's some small things, but. You will only see like um, a black person on the, on TV if it was to present sport, for example.
0: Yeah, right. Got you.
1: Um, or like even like in the advertising, like they would pick someone of color only if it was making sense for the brand. It was like yeah, really, really weird.
0: And un- apologetic about it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, which part of Paris were you living in? Because I know there is the arrondissements within the periphery, and then there's mm-hmm. outer Paris, which is mm-hmm. it's a different vibe. So, like, where where were you, and how was what was that like for you?
1: So, I was in a town called Vincennes. Mm-hmm. Vincennes is the uh, 94, is a 94 department. So it's just it's not in Paris. It's just at the outskirts of Paris. So right it's in zone. Zone 2, I think. Okay. Um, it's quite nice. It's quite chill. It's a bit like a, a chill little town um, just outside of Paris. It was, was okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And w- yeah. what would you say, as someone who's lived in Paris and experienced Paris, worked in Paris, what would you say are the maybe myths or illusions that we have of Paris? Because I ask that because I've, I've experienced Paris in the summertime and it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Then I've experienced Paris in the uh, in the winter. I went to visit a friend of mine who moved from London to work there as a pattern pattern cutter or pattern designer, and um, I felt quite lonely in the city, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, in the winter. And and then I also went again as a performer, and that time, like I was with a few friends of mine. We nearly got robbed that night on the subway, on the metro. Oh really? Yeah. So I I think I've tasted. Every every inch of <laughs> <laughs> you know from Paris, you know, maybe mm-hmm. being robbed and followed, and and the the, the, the hot summer and the mm-hmm. food and you know, and then the cold, lonely lonely nights. Like, yeah, what what would you say are the myths of Paris? Because for me, those myths have now been quenched. But what would you say they are as someone who's experienced? Oh,
1: it's hard to say.
0: Mm. Um, appreciate it personally. I'm not a fan of
1: Paris. So it's really hard for me to. Mm to say some positive side of it um i don't know i think like for people who haven't been in paris they think about paris as in, it's a movie
0: yeah um what's that know, film um, like, amelie i think it's a film called amelie, amelie yeah, yeah. yeah exactly
1: amelie <laughs> or recently you have this show on netflix called emily in paris right um so yes we think about france as that you know like just uh, a beautiful building Os- Osmanian building I call them. Mm. Um, the beautiful building and then you know the little French song in the background <laughs> the <with baguette and laughs>
2: so
1: yes to a degree there is some of that yes. there is some of that to a degree um, but I would say when you live there um, it's not quite it's not quite that for me like if I were to summarize my life in Paris it was pretty much Getting up early, in the dark, uh, taking the super-duper packed tube, uh, dirty, <laughs> yeah. uh, dirty metro, um, going to work. Um, and then, yeah, on the weekend, in the evening, there would be some, some cool stuff to do. Of course, sometimes we we'll would have a glass of wine by, uh, by La Seine. And, um, yeah, I don't know for me like I, th- and I think it's the case to any big cities I think when you live there and when you go there on a the weekend or on holidays it's a different experience
0: That's correct. That you have. that's very true yeah is there any other cities that you say that you do like like within Europe um I do like
1: London
0: okay since you're here yeah I- what do you yeah, love about yeah. London tell us <laughs> so-
1: they're talking about the myth about Paris as a myth about London So when I first visited London It
0: was during the Nottingham
1: Carnival Oh is it? Uh, <laughs> and I was like wow this city is amazing Wh- Which year was it's this? Hot. It was oh gosh when was it Maybe 2007 Wow No 2008 Maybe 2008, 2009
0: Wow I was 18 it, I years old Boy
1: yeah a while ago yeah
0: um
1: and then yeah so i visited the city and i fell in love with it because it was carnival so i knew that was influenced my decision yeah um but it felt like harry potter it felt like uh good food and nothing here it felt like wow this is amazing and in my mind i would live in this you know beautiful victorian house um yeah, and I would live in the, in the brick, <laughs> red brick house and they're like, oh wow, I want to move to London. So in my mind, so I visited London and I was like, I fell in love and I go, like, oh, yeah, I need to move. And I think a couple, just a year later, I moved. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't lived in a Victorian house
0: yet. And then you realise <laughs> how much try. it is to live in a, in a red brick Victorian house. <laughs> in Notting Hill yeah
1: that was my plan
0: to live in Notting Hill in a replic Victorian house but hasn't happened may it happen amen it may it may
1: um yeah so yeah so so, the London that I thought I would I would enjoy was not what I, I actually experienced right um but um but I really I really like London right I think I mean I like London pre-lockdown. I mean, London in lockdown, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I think it's just another price city. but um, <laughs> I really like, yeah, I really like the vibe. I think people are really, I think when it comes to, to diversity and culture and um, this kind of underground scene um, that varies, I, I really like that. I think people are much more open-minded, much more um, accepting, accept people a bit more compared to France compared to Paris right um and yeah I like I really like the vibe in London
0: mm. how would you compare the two cities on 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 just on a city to city basis and also on an artistic creative level
1: mm-hmm.
0: how would you compare the two
1: hmm I would say for me from what I see London is a bit more underground grunge rural okay um raw but authentic. Okay. And I would say uh, Paris is a bit more refined, sophisticated, um, but also quite detached.
0: Okay, detached and
1: from. Just, in the sense that, um, I don't know, For me, when I experience culture in London, I'm in it. You know, I can, I can feel it. I'm, I just feel like I'm in it. When I experience culture in Paris, is a bit more from an outsider, I don't know how to explain. It's a bit like, it's a step back. is not, it's, first of all, it's not open to everybody.
0: Right, um, gotcha.
1: Yep, it's, it's open to some people, you have to be part of a certain circle. Um, even like recently, some it's just a stupid example, but recently someone has been refused an entry in the museum because of the way they were dressed.
0: Wow, in Paris. because of the way they were dressed? Yeah. Which museum is I mean, this?
1: I think it was the Louvre. Really? Think, yeah, it was the Louvre. Yeah, what, yeah. What were they wearing? Um, Apparently, as one of those, so not something basically was provocative because this girl has a generous, how do you say that politely, <laughs> um, quite an open top.
2: Right, and right, right. She has
1: a generous Wow. or
2: whatever.
1: They oh, yeah, you are you going to come in like this? And we're like, what? What is this? So, you know, so, yeah, that's, for me, that's, that's the question. Paris. It's very nice, sophisticated, but it's, it's a bit, I don't know. I don't feel like I can experience it from the inside. I feel like I experience it from the outside.
0: Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So, wow, okay. So, like,
2: Yeah.
0: do you, mm, I'm, just, I'm just on that. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that idea of, like, obviously the Louvre is not a club. You know, no. and we've, all, we've all experienced like a club where you you go you go to or, or some kind of event anyway where there is a dress code. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be you know suited and booted. It could be black tie. You know, it could be no hats, no hoods, no trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, the it, it, do you think it's? I don't know how this this person was dressed, but do you think? There should be some kind of dress code regarding a, a museum, especially a museum of that stature.
1: Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> no. I'm not sure. If, not. I'm not sure if
0: this is a silly question, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I
1: mean, it's a museum. It's open to everyone, and I don't mm. even think you have to pay for it. I don't think it's free. Um.
0: Do you know what? I agree with that. I <laughs> no, I, I agree with your answer, and I agree with the fact that you don't have to. You shouldn't have to pay for it, especially when the work in there doesn't belong to France. Exactly. You know, okay. There is work in there which, okay, there's work in there which which is created by French artists and, and Italian mm-hmm. artists and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it, to monetize work which isn't made by not even your continent is is a is, is quite mm-hmm. it's cheeky.
1: Is wrong, yes, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree, it's wrong, yeah. And, and then, how if you start having dress codes, so how do you define what is a good dress, what is a good outfit, what is a bad outfit?
2: Depending mm. on
1: what rules you know, who is there to decide. No, 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 I think it should be open to everybody. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, then you have like museums and galleries in London, a lot of them are free you know what is that yeah. like for you because you, yeah. you'd have to pay to go to certain exhibitions you know um you know at the Tate they'll have I don't know there's Matisse maybe and you'd have to you know, mm-hmm. pay four pounds to go and see that um but the rest yeah. of the exhibition is free or you have the National Gallery you know what's mm-hmm. your what was that like for you to enter a city which had so much art which you could just stroll into That's
1: amazing I loved it yeah um yeah, I loved it. I think it's so good that you can see so many... Mm. Uh, so of course you have the museum, which are good, but I think there's also a lot of events um, that are not in the museum, but still where you can see art yeah. for free. Yeah. And, um, and I think maybe it's when I when I was in Paris, I was already going to a lot of... Um, especially when I was as a student. Yeah. Uh, because as a student, you have a lot of discounts and stuff so for free. So I was already experiencing a lot of uh, art and going to a lot of museums. But I think when I came in London, I think I I doubled my um, my attendance <laughs> to, to this sort of events. Yeah.
0: You, <laughs> so what, just your opinion, why do you believe, mm-hmm. um, not that you do believe, but do you, do you believe there's a reason why London has allowed a lot of their gallery spaces, art spaces to be free and why France isn't? Mm, to be honest, I really don't know. I what? think it
1: might be something political or... Um, I don't know. I really don't know
0: why. Okay, There's something, It's something i also not just experienced in Paris, but I've also experienced it in mm-hmm. other places such as um, Amsterdam, a place that I've visited a lot over the years. And uh, mm-hmm. like you know, certain places I go to there, and you know, if the Reich Museum, it's not free. The, mm-hmm. the what was it the the Moma museum there is not free either, True. Um, to my mm-hmm. knowledge. And it's like you know, it's 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 weird that when you're on mainland Europe, you got to pay for these gallery spaces, but when you head to Britain, yeah, which I, I I'm I'm I am i i do not know if I'm right in saying has a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot like I think even. You know, the VNA is dedicated to work. It isn't from yeah. this country, <laughs> and it's True. free. You know, I'm curious what what move is that? Why is that the case? You know.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think that's also part of you know when I was telling you that in France is a bit detached, like the way you experience art. And I think that's one of the reasons. It's not open for all. It's not um, compared to in the UK where you can just you know yeah. go and see art and, and be. Cultured yeah. for free. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know why. I think for me, when I moved in London, I, and I saw that the museum and all this stuff was for free. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was really amazed. And I think that's, that's really. Cool.
0: Do, do you think Londoners take advantage of that or not? Do you think we take it for granted?
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Okay. Maybe. Yeah. This is. But it. I think. But I think
1: it's good. I, I think that's how it should be. Because there's so many things that you can, you can be inspired by, and you can learn just by, just by being in those spaces, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And um, yeah. and for me, it shouldn't matter if you have um, if you have the finances or not. I think everybody should be able to to go and learn something and yeah. go and open their mind and be inspired. <coughs> I think that, that, sh- that mm. should be a given.
0: And uh, like one thing I've um I'm, I've always been envious of those kids that are you know their parents take them to the museum and whatnot and they're like mm-hmm. they're babies or like they've been carried on their back and something I wished my parents did and I understand why mm-hmm. they didn't It's something that they possibly never had interest in or saw value in. Um, you know I I, I I see myself as first generation British. My I was the first mm-hmm. in my in my from my family to be born here um when my parents Mm -hmm. came over so their agenda and their mission was totally different taking me to a gallery was like what you know saying I wanted to do art design art and design drama and theater music in for my GCSEs was like my dad was telling me to do ICT and sciences and I totally disobeyed that (laughs) um and you know I go to the galleries now and I'm like wow like I I want to do that for my children I want to I want to expose them to seeing this painting and that painting and that sculpture and and tell them stories about it, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, is that something you're going to be doing with your your daughter? Do you oh, do it already? For
1: sure, I cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. I only been to one um, one exhibition for the first time. It was at the Serpentine Gallery. Right,
2: right, right. Um,
1: that's the only one I have. Yeah, but I, I need to do a bit more of that. But yeah, I cannot wait for her to yeah to be around in the museum.
0: So right, she will love it. And ha- ha- how? So, so you went to the Serpentine with her, right? Yeah, yeah And how did she like How did she respond to the I know she's still a baby But how did she respond yeah. to the spaces? Like did she enjoy it? Was it or Did she just cry all the time? Or what was it like for her?
1: No, she was really quiet Was, oh. she, was she sleeping? or no, she, wa- she was sleeping though. time so
2: actually
1: <laughs> <laughs> She was sleeping But I think Yeah, she's only four, four months now um, So she might be a little bit too young Right. I think we might try to start with um, some painting at home mm. <laughs> so whenever she can we'll start doing some painting at home or I will try and um, I think it's saw that book for kids where you can learn uh, some words with I can't remember what artist it was is it Matisse maybe yes it was like a a book for kids about uh, words and you can learn from Matthew's house or something so I'm All going right. to teach her stuff like that first and then once she's maybe one or two years she will get to appreciate the museum a bit more yeah, I
0: hope possibly yeah. so um, my last question mm-hmm. um, which is uh, quite an interesting one how, how has motherhood has motherhood um, shaped changed influenced the way you look at arts moving forward? Hmm,
1: so where do you get arts? Mm.
0: Or music, the way you listen to it, what you should be listening to, what you shouldn't be, what should my child be exposed to, kind of thing? Like, has that had an effect yeah. on your approach to it these days?
1: I would say I'm a bit more conscious on legacy.
2: Mm.
1: And yeah, I guess. I see... So, yes, that's something I haven't talked about before. Um, But for me, like, when you create something or when you see something that is created... Yeah. Like, for me, creating something, that's why I call my thing, make your mark. Creating something means that you create something in the world that can have an impact for for people, but also for future generations. And um, I guess, yeah, I guess I've been even more aware of um, this now like when you create something it's not only for now it's not only for for you it could be for other generation, for yeah. um, people coming after
2: um, yeah.
1: if you have a, a message to to share or there's something that you really care about as an artist um, I think is, is near, for me it's nearly a duty <laughs> it's nearly a duty like as an artist if you care about something something is really important for you then you have to for me, I see it as a duty. You have to um, make it known. You have to make sure that people understand. You have to make sure that your message is understood and heard. Right. You because know, it, can, it can impact someone. It can um, change the way they see things. It can make them think of something in a different way. And, yeah, I think that's really important.
0: So, Okay. And I guess that's it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lauren where can we Where can we find out About you And where can we find out About your services Where can we follow you uh,
1: So on Instagram I, I am Underscore Lauren B
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Otherwise, I have a
0: website I am Lauren B. Com. Dope Okay and, yeah. That's All that right. cool. Thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much For your
1: time
0: and Thanks for having Thank you for Giving time to this as well Thank you Thank you. OK. Au revoir. Bye-bye. À plus. <laughs> Bonne journée.
1: Bonne <laughs> journée.